All right, as you can see from that video, we are in Jonah, and today we're going to be in Jonah 3. So if you guys want to look in your Bibles, or if you want to open them up if you brought them, and if you don't know where Jonah is, I'm sure you know where Obadiah is, so you can turn to Obadiah, and then the next page over would be Jonah. But actually, Jonah is one of the last few uh, books of the Old Testament, so you could go to like Matthew and go back, I think, five books. So... You guys can get there. And if you remember last week, Christina was here. She kind of went over the first two chapters. And I don't know if any of you guys took time to read the book of Jonah, but um, pretty easy read. And also, just uh, there's a lot of things and a lot of topics and, and really cool things about the book of Jonah. And so we're, it's kind of why we picked it. And if you remember last week, Christina talked about uh, running from God doesn't work. So Jonah tried to run away from what God was asking him to do. And God sent a big fish to get him to get right back on track. The second is God's love and forgiveness is for everyone. And so we're going to look at some of those a little bit more in depth and we're going to look at the story of what God asked Jonah to do. So we're going to pray quick and then we'll get started. Lord God, just thanks for this time here. Um, Give thanks for all the students that were here. Um, We pray for open hearts and open minds. For those of us that know Christ, Lord, may you be strengthened in our hearts. Maybe for those of us that don't know Christ, that they can... Um, take a step closer to following you with their life, or maybe even giving their life to you tonight. And so we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So as that video kind of showed where we're at with Jonah, uh, the last verse in chapter 2 says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. And so basically Jonah is in Nineveh now. He's at the place that he tried to run away from. God put him there seemingly against his own will. He did do some business with God while he was inside of the the stomach of the whale, but he is now there. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 5 tonight, and that's where we're going to kind of take a look at. Um, The chapter is 10 verses long. It's pretty easy to read, but verses 1 through 5 is really um, where we're going to stay. So it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, Go to Nineveh, that, the, that great city, and call out against the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah be, began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God, and they called for a fast, and put, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, to the least of them. So some of the points that I get out of these, the first one is God is a God of second chances. And Jonah's example is a great one. He refused God's will at first. He said, no, I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. You've asked me to go to this city of people that I don't like. Um, I'm not similar to, I'm not like them. And you want me to tell them that what they're, how they're living is against God and they're going, I'm supposed to go into this place and tell them about you. It'd be like asking one of you guys to go put yourselves on a plane, go to Afghanistan, go into a Muslim extremist mosque, and you're supposed to go in there and tell them the gospel. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Pretty intimidating. Jonah ran away. God gave him a second chance. 
God gives us a second chance through Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at more and more tonight. God uses the ordinary to tell the extraordinary. So you can only imagine, Jonah spent three days in the belly of this fish. And if any of you guys know anything about uh, biology or what's kind of in our digestive tract, there's not a lot of nice things inside the stomach. And then he was vomited. I can only imagine what uh, a whale can produce in vomit. So you can imagine. So I read something where uh, one guy thinks that... (coughs) Three days in there, all the chemicals and kind of the digestive stuff inside the whale would have probably bleached Jonah's skin so he would have came out like pale, let alone how he smelled. And so he's going into this city, and if a little bit more about Nineveh, this was a great city. They were Assyrians, and Jonah was an Israelite. Israelites were the chosen people of God. Assyrians, uh, they didn't believe in God, and really the Ninevites probably weren't um, looking to believe in God, they weren't following him. And actually, there are some reports that they would, they would kill uh, the Israelites. They would kill surrounding communities of Israelites um, because of their belief. And so Jonah's going up this ordinary kind of actually, I don't know any of, I don't know how many of you guys, if a smelly, very pasty, pale person came up to you and started talking to you, what would most of us, what, what would most of us do? Anybody? What would you do? A pale, pasty, smelly of vomit person came up to talk to you. What would you do? Walk? Would you walk away? I might run the other direction. I don't know. Depending on how. So you have to imagine uh, quite, quite the intimidating uh, scenario. The other is, is God asks, sometimes asks us to do crazy things. So we can, you know, we can look at Jonah and God asked him to do a crazy thing. But I think in our lives in general, God asks us to do crazy things all the time. Um, I can just share a little bit of my story. Uh, I was volunteering here for a long time uh, before I took a position at the church. And when I had some people that I trusted, uh, actually Ruth's sister uh, was the youth director at Nazareth before I was, and she came to me and said, I really think that you should think about applying for this job. And when she asked me that, I w- probably not as crazy as me asking to go into um, a different nation to share the gospel, but to come up front and talk to kids about Jesus. To uh, I was happy being a volunteer sitting in, in the bleachers and uh, having small groups. But God asked me to do something different. And I thought it was crazy. And it literally took me two years before I actually applied for the job. And, and actually, even after that, when I applied for it, I just said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to see what God's going to do with this. I'm not going to say yes, but I'm just going to see what he does with it. And I would have thought two years before that, it would have been crazy. Even five years before that, um, you could have asked people around me, and they would have said, that's a crazy thing that God would ask to do. And um, I look back now, I've been doing this for five or six years, and it is, it's not crazy anymore. It's where God asked me to be, and so it's such a cool um, thing. Oftentimes, God uses people that we would assume is kind of these uh, down on their luck, kind of this crazy band of misfits throughout the Bible. If we get into our God's Word, the Old Testament is full of people that um, are kind of misfits, that keeps screwing it up, and God keeps using them because he's a God of grace, 
of forgiveness and love. The, old, the New Testament, his disciples were the uneducated guys, um, the fishermen that he just said, hey, come follow me. And they just dropped everything and they followed him. It's these guys that nobody would have believed. Um, nobody, they wouldn't have had a lot of credibility in the eyes of society and God was able to use them. God asked his followers to preach the gospel. I just got done talking to you about how God uses a band of misfits, myself included, to preach the gospel. He asks us as believers, when we become believers in God, believers in Jesus, to share the gospel to those who are among us that may not know God or may be far from God. That can be an intimidating thing at times. I think for me, it's still a very intimidating uh, thing for me to try to do amongst my peers. But God asked me to be in their lives and ask them, ask me to talk about him. He doesn't ask me to write it. He doesn't ask me to create the gospel. He created it. He created it by sending his son to the cross. He asked me to deliver the news, the good news. That's what the gospel means, the good news. That's what he asks you. God has changed your life. You've become, you've, you've committed your life to Jesus, his, your Savior. Some of you maybe aren't there. Maybe you haven't done that yet. But when he enters into your life, he asks you to share what, he, what, what God's done in your life. He asks you to share that with people around you. And it can be very intimidating and difficult. Um, there's a great verse in Romans. And if any of you guys are, well, if you guys are rap fans, like if you heard of the 116 Click, the, one of my favorite groups. There's some of you guys out there that listen to them, Lecrae and those guys. But kind of their, their uh, go-to verse, their life verse is this. It's Romans 116. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the first the Jew, to the Jew first, and also the Greek. So basically what that's saying right there is the power of Jesus is for everyone. And that was kind of the story with Jonah and the Ninevites. A little bit of the reason Jonah didn't want to go is because the Israelites in that time kind of felt like they were, they were kind of the, the guys. They were kind of the spiritual elitist. And they really thought, I, like, God, we're God's chosen people. And... Jonah was, I think he was a little bit upset that God would ask him to go and preach to someone that he would feel isn't worthy to be in the family of God. And God said, no, everyone is worthy of that. And that's how this verse in Romans is talking is, is like, to not be ashamed of the power of the gospel, for it's for everyone. And it's the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes in Jesus it's for them, for their salvation. And so that's really um, a great thing that we can pick out of Romans. That leads me to my next point is the idea that uh, God is a God for everyone. So what we see here, and I just got to talking about how the, the Ninevites weren't, weren't, um, they weren't the chosen people of God. And actually they didn't even worship the same God, um, of the God of the Bible, the God of um, Adam. The God of creation. And so the chapter here, this is a quote that I read. This chapter shows that God's love for a city that doesn't necessarily love him, God's love for a people that don't really care about him, and they aren't really looking for him, and they sure don't agree with him. And if we, guys, if we can look at that um, in, in Jonah, if we go back to verse 5, it says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, and they put on a sackcloth. For them, the greatest... From the greatest of them to the least of them. What's that saying is, is the Ninevites 
listened to Jonah. Be pretty authoritative, right? Said in 40 days, I'm going to, God is going to destroy Nineveh. They believed in the power of what Jonah was saying. And they repented of their sin. And the last verse in Jonah 3, it says, When God saw that they did this, they, he, and how they turned from their evil ways, they repented of their evil ways. God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do that. So these, these people that were not looking for God, didn't believe in him, probably wouldn't be the people that would be very open to hearing that, heard someone boldly come and proclaim who God was, his power, and what he offered for them to walk away from their evil ways. He offers forgiveness, and they believed And I think that's something for us to really think about. If we talk about how we are to proclaim the gospel amongst the people, amongst our friends, this, our world's, it's crazy sometimes. And and I think in high school, there can be a lot of things pulling us in a lot of different directions. And a lot of people, maybe some of our friends that, that, um, that don't know who Jesus is. And I can be the first one to say I was in high school. Like, I was starting to learn who Jesus was and who God was, but what was the distracting thing for me was the intimidating part that it was to go and tell my friends about who Jesus was. Almost like I was afraid to talk about what was going on in my heart. And I think that is one of the things that is, it's tough. That's the hard thing about high school is kind of go out on a limb. But think about Jonah again. Think about what he had, what God was asking him to do. And he ran away from it, but ultimately he listened to God's will and he went and proclaimed the gospel to these people that most people would come and maybe try to do that. And there was a chance that the Ninevites could kill Jonah. That's probably, that was probably a real thought in his brain. And there's a lot of other reasons that Jonah ran, but one of them could have been like what was going to happen. But think about your friends. Like how close you are, like the relationships that you have, the, guy, the people that you can tell everything. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I know that there are people in this room that have friends that aren't believers or maybe they're walking away from what God is, is asking for us and how to live our lives. Maybe some of you are that way. And my, just my honest advice to you is if you are a Christian and you're walking away from what God's asking you to do, like, God is a God of second chances. And some of you are afraid that, well, I'm kind of jacked up. There's, there's stuff in my life that's messed up. How am I supposed to go to one of my friends when I'm, when I'm messed up, when I have sin, and they know that about me? Well, here's the deal. God's not asking us to clean, clean ourselves up before we, t- before we share about what he's doing in our lives. I became a Christian in 2000. And before that, I would have told you that I was a Christian, but... There was so much in my life that um, I had to clean up. But, I, but it wasn't like, you know, I, spring break of 2000, I committed my life to Jesus. And one, like, uh, I came back that summer and we're back from spring break. And it's not like my life had changed where I didn't still have these sins that I struggled with, where there wasn't a bunch of muck and dirt still in my heart. Like, God had to clean that up. And I'm, I mean, I... I'd be lying to you right now if I stood up here and said that, that I've got it all together. I don't. You come spend 24 hours with me, and you would know in a heartbeat that I don't. But what I do know 
is that Jesus covered my sin when he went to that cross. And that's something that is the good news, and that is amazing. Here it is. This is a simple gospel presentation that I want some of you that are Christians to learn and listen so that you can go then and share that with your friends. And then some of you here that haven't committed your life to Christ, this is as simple as I could have I found it. And this is from a pastor that I really trust that he kind of wrote down these, these simple things. So the first thing that we have to understand is we are all separated from God because of our sin. So Romans 3.23 say, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Simple right there. There's no way that we match up to what God is asking of us. That's why someone had to come and take our place. And that's where Jesus entered into this world for us. The result of that sin, oftentimes in our lives, brings up a feeling of guilt or, over time, a denial of that guilt or a denial of that sin. The great verse in Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news right after that. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The next thing is, because God loved us, and in spite of our rebellion, he sent his own son to die in our place. Jesus is the cross. The, Jesus, the cross of Jesus Christ is the bridge to God. And then he asks us to turn away from our sin and turn to God. One of the most famous verses in the Bible. Who, can, who knows it? Who's the... What's the most famous verse in the Bible? Anybody know? What's that? John 3.16. We're going to read 16 and 17. It says, and then he told those. Oh, no, wait. I'm in the wrong. Whoops. Here we go. Can't even read. I know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in, in order that the world might be saved through him. There it is, the good news. Pretty simple. So for some of you, it's about sharing that good news with someone in your life. For some of you, it's believing in that good news. So here's the deal. As we close, the band's going to come up. A couple of questions that we have to ask. So for those of you that... God is your Savior, that you put your trust in Him. Maybe God tonight is asking you to be a Jonah in this, in this area of your life. Maybe that's in the halls of your school. Maybe that's in your house. Maybe that's in a place of work. We're going to sing uh, Burning in My Soul, and one of the things that is like calling for a revival. Jonah went into Nineveh and caused a revival, caused this large uh, belief in God, like this coming to Jesus, Jonah caused a revival. So maybe some of you, that's what God's calling you, whatever school you're at, wherever you're at in your life. And some of you, maybe tonight is that wake-up call that Jonah had in the belly of the whale that the Ninevites had when this gross, vomited, covered man 
came to them and said, repent of your evil ways, believe in God. And what'd they do? Jonah caused a revival, and the Ninevites believed in God, and God stopped the destruction of these people. Some of you are destructive. You're destructing your lives by chasing things that are not, just not of God. So maybe tonight's the night. So I'll pray. Lord God, um, we're all sinners in this place. And we love you. Uh, What a gift. Tonight's the start of Lent, this journey to the greatest gift of all time of you sending your son to the cross. And we just, I just pray for a revival in this, in this gym. I pray for a revival in this city or the schools that these kids are going to. If there are kids that are asked to share your gospel, like give them courage of Jonah. And if there's some of those that just need to turn their life to Jesus, give them the courage of the Ninevites to repent. We just give thanks to Jesus. Amen.